second hour of the radio program. Fucking gas from the Carter Volkswagen studio. Every single week at this time, we are blessed to have Brad Adam on the Beacon Plumbing Hotline, our weekly visit. Mariners broadcaster. You find him on Root Sports pre- and post-game show. It's all courtesy of John Howie Steak, when nothing but the best will do. And also keep in mind, remember what Brad says during this segment, something profound, because we will ask you back wow. at, at 1230 to uh, a certain question or certain answer that Brad gave. If you can remember that, you can win a $50 gift card uh, to John Howie Steak. Brad, welcome to the show. Why did you injure Dave Sims? <laughs> <laughs> what the guy's trying to trying to go by me you know it's game point i'm gonna play defense that's a no, great answer there that is just that's a perfect <laughs> Seriously, answer why, why'd you trip him brad you know, i mean let's basket, cut through it you, what was i supposed to not that's try i gotta i gotta give him all i exactly. got look he's coming at me i gotta give him the high hard one i gotta give him everything i got bam take a seat old man idea. that's that's the yeah. thing they don't know is adam said take a seat old man stood over him like <laughs> ali just gesticulating wildly at sims while he lay on the floor in agony Unbelievable! Just writhing in pain, and I said, "Hey, we got to keep going. We got to get you off the court. Can you kind of roll off? Can you kind of can you get off here now? We need we need a sub. Now it's three on three. I tell you what, that was that was a bad idea. A bad idea. <laughs> no kidding. Nine nine middle aged men who haven't played basketball in years. Some case forever, probably. Like Rick Riz, go to a gym and, and decide to play basketball. Now we started four on four, full court, and that lasted like one trip down. Then we said, "All right, half court." <laughs> And then uh, Rizzy hurt his elbow, so he was he couldn't move his left arm, but he insisted on continuing to play. <laughs> Sims, Sims goes up and comes down. Total sniper, guys. He thought somebody kicked him. We said, dude, nobody was around you. And he thought it was his ankle. We roll him off. We keep playing three on three now. And then I'm guarding Edgar, okay? Now, you go to the Hall of Famer. I, mean, I love the fact that you're ding up Edgar like Scottie Pippen. Yeah. But I'm not. No, I'm not. I'm letting him do whatever he wants because I'm not going to tell After two go down, so then he drives by me. I let him go. He comes down, and he, he hears a pop in his right knee. And he says, oh, guys, I'm out. I'm like, oh, my God. We, we killed a Hall of Famer. What are we doing? It's just like everybody, everybody took stupid oh pills at the same time. Yes. yes. This was our off day Friday in Minnesota. Three of the nine go out with injuries. And then we finally said, that's enough. I'm but, done. And you have Please. to you have to think, even though you're a beloved local TV icon, that if you're involved in an incident that injures Edgar, even though his playing days oh, are long gone, you're done. You're done, done in this town. Absolutely. You you won't, you'll you'll be working over in Yakima. You'll be doing welcome to Tri Cities <laughs> Americans hockey. They're bringing Cameron Wong back. <laughs> oh, Cameron, we do miss him. Yeah, my old, my old yeah, producers. Player, players won't talk to me. I mean, uh, um, done done in the business. I'll probably have to move. Yakima's not far enough away. Yeah, go out of state true. or Edgar. Jeez, but we survived that. Okay. How was the jumper? How, Brad? How's your? How, who had the who had the best jumper of the group? You know who surprised me that could shoot that I didn't think could was um, Goldie Aaron Goldsmith. Oh. Hey Goldie, if you leave him. If you leave him alone and let him shoot with no defensive pressure, well, he could actually make a shot. Well, I, mean, I can hit a shot if I don't have any defensive pressure, and you leave me alone. And there, yeah. Hey, does anyone ever what, refer to him when to. you're when you're playing hoops with him? Does anyone ever refer to him as "Hey Goldie"? Oh, sure, absolutely. Is that right? I don't know if you're telling the truth, Brad. Goldie, yeah. absolutely. No, hey Goldie. And it's not hair- Goldie. You got to say hey Goldie. Oh, hey Goldie. It's his oh, Twitter I'm- handle is hey Goldie. Yeah. Does anybody hey, ever say? Hey, have you ever heard anybody ever say hey no. Goldie? Never. Yeah. 
Brad Adams. Start now. Yeah, <laughs> that's all you should refer to him as. Uh, Brad Adams yeah. joining us on the Beacon Plumbing Hotline weekly uh, appearance with us here every single Tuesday at eleven o'clock. Uh, thanks to John Howie Steak, when nothing but the best uh, will do. And then on top of this is what Brad did this weekend. So we decided to go play basketball because you, mm-hmm. you can obviously not injure yourself playing basketball. He also decided to throw axes while he was in Minnesota, in Minneapolis. How did, how did the throwing of the axes go? Well, nobody got hurt. Let me tell you, <laughs> I'm going to say that first thing right now. The safest thing we did was throw axes, which was amazing. This company <laughs> called uh, Bad Axe Throwing. It's got a big warehouse, and they've got several locations. There's one in San Francisco as well that we're going to hit up. But it's a warehouse. It's got lanes. It's got these big wooden targets numbered like darts and you kind of they've got axes that they have and they kind of teach you how to throw them now the best part about this was is we go through this tutorial and there's seven of us and the guy says are you gonna um do you have any uh, are you gonna be drinking beer and we said uh, <laughs> uh, do you do you sell uh do you sell beer that's a good said, question no, no, but you can bring it in. Oh BYOB to the axe range. Of course. And so, of course, we thought it was a great idea. Uber, store, right back with beer. So for the next two hours, throwing axes and drinking beer. Like the best and worst idea ever. This is, you know what, you could do. Unbelievable. You, you, somebody could write a book or a screenplay <laughs> on this road trip because it's the well, yeah, worst road the trip weather. ever. Yeah. It, it, it's from from late night flights, weather. I'm wondering, you know, about an hour ago, by my calculation, the temperature just nudged above 50 degrees. Did you guys light a candle or something, or did you did you give homage to someone that it's finally over 50 degrees on this trip? We we all gathered in the lobby and we all went outside in shorts and t-shirts nice. and ran around the, the bus for a while. And it got it was a little chilly, but it, the sun's out. And it's over 50 for the first time in about a week, Boy. which is great for the team, great for the bats, hopefully. But I tell you, Minnesota, that was brutally cold. I mean, 26 degrees to play baseball is brutally cold. And they just about did not play on Saturday, too. Mm-hmm. The only reason why they did was that there was sun. And the sun felt a little bit better, like maybe 30s or something. You could move. But Sunday was overcast, no chance they were going to play. If Saturday was cloudy, they would have banged that game as well. They're lucky to get two in in that place. It was just miserable. How, how annoyed? How annoyed? Like off the record? Have, are they? Are they no, about this the schedule? Just off the like are we just, on air? No, no yeah, we're not on air. Hardly just, anybody listens to this segment on this show. They, so. How much do they express like to my you? Shows, nobody watches. Yeah, how much yeah. do they displeasure? Do they? Do they express to you guys just about this schedule and how everything is kind of laid out for them? I know they can't control the weather, but even the schedule right. has been off. This, this has the been bleeped up yeah. from the start. It, yeah, too many off days. You know, they've only played eight games, fewest in in the majors, thanks to. The off days, and there's another one uh, on Thursday. Um, it, it's been a weird start, trying to get rhythm, trying to um, – they haven't used a, a fifth starter yet this year. You know, same with the Royals, too. We'll see him finally tonight. But uh, for the pitchers, kind of getting the rhythm. For the, It's just – and it's hard to move, obviously. It's hard to throw. I think Marco was – he won't say it, but I think he was a little bothered by the weather last night. It, it got really cold in the 30s again here last night. So it, it's been tough in the postponement, and now you got to go back there at the end of a road trip on May 14th to play a random Monday night game uh, isn't ideal. You hope you're healthy by then. That's kind of the silver lining. But it, it's been a, a, a difficult start. When they said it's going to be a longer year, more off days, that mm-hmm. sounds great. But then you get them all in April, and it's like, well, that's not great. And then we're going to play like 35 of 38 coming up. So um, they should be well-rested. Yeah. I'll give them that. 
Yeah, and, right. and the nice thing about going back through Minneapolis is you can get a reservation now at the Bring Your Own Booze Axe <laughs> Range, and you'll be all sick. Hey, you talked about Marco yeah. uh, being uh, a little, uh, little. I was a little irritated with Marco last night, and here's why: you know, the game within the game, which is which is part of why you watch this stuff. We watched the first inning, and it's a disaster. And like, all right, well, this isn't going to be his best night. But then I'm thinking, okay, let's see if this guy can settle down and maybe get him four or five. And he wouldn't be mm-hmm. the first guy to throw 41st inning and then and then hang around to the right. – and the second inning, he looked like maybe that's the direction he was going to go, Brad. Mm-hmm. And then the third inning, it comes off the rails again. And it, it just yeah, – I don't read too much into it. It's one thing. But that was – to me, that was the bigger disappointment. Guys get rocked occasionally. There's nothing you can do. But I was more disappointed that he couldn't settle down and go, okay, let's burn up a few outs here and get deeper into the game. And that was his only goal after that first inning. Sure. You're right. Just try to get four or five. And he talked about it postgame. He was very honest. He said he just couldn't find it, and he, and he couldn't get back in any type of a rhythm. That They had a good plan against him. They laid off pitches. He understood that. But his inability to kind of correct and fix it, I think, really bothered him. Um, he's... You know, a guy that he says he needs to have just about every pitch kind of working because he's around the zone a lot without overpowering stuff. And he kept hoping he would find it and hoping that he would get quick outs and help the team. He just he couldn't find it. So it's kind of a growth thing, I hope, as a, as a pitcher. But he was very aware of that and, and mentioned that. You know, a stand-up guy talking post-game to the media, uh, very honest. The uh, So Cruz should be back on Friday. That's I think that's what Service yes. said yesterday. So that's good news. And is it Gamble maybe Friday, but most likely this weekend? That is correct. And, and they, he mentioned Zanino possibly this weekend, but then he also said they're being very cautious and slow with him. So maybe you push him out. You, maybe you see him in that Houston series. And that's going to bring up what we've been talking about sure. for a while, these roster moves. It's going to be very interesting. I talked with a couple people uh, in the organization on this trip, and they don't even know what Jerry DePoto is going to do. Um, who's going to go, who's going to stay. You figure you're going to lose an arm out of the pen since right. they have nine right now. You know, Cruz comes back, it should be Taylor Motter going down, although he looked pretty good in, in relief last night. Yes, yes, he did. Yeah, not bad. He had a nice wind-up um, and delivery. That was good use of him, too, yeah. because, again, at that point, it's like, why burn up another bullpen arm in this game? Smart, exactly. Right? Yeah, that was good. good call. And then we'll see. You know, it, the big question is, you know, with Ichiro and Heredia, what happens when Gamble comes back? Um, they don't need that fifth starter until I believe it's going to be Tuesday, which will be Ariel Miranda. So then maybe a reliever comes off then. But it's going to be it's going to be really interesting this next week to see what, what this team's going to look like going forward. The uh, Angels play at Safeco Field May fourth through the sixth. Will Ichiro and Otani be on the field together? I'm going to say yes. Yeah, I'm going to say yes. I think they give Ichiro. A little longer rope here. I don't think they just got him to be Gamble's replacement for the first three weeks of the first month of the season. So I think he's going to be there, and um, I think he, yeah, I think he'll, they'll find a way to get him in the lineup against Otani, which would be awesome. But again, don't mention Otani around Jerry. Yeah, <laughs> is he still like a, is he still in a fetal position when he sees what oh, Otani's yeah. been doing? Absolutely, we're on the plane, and every strikeout it just it just hurt him, hurt everyone. I think you know we're falling. Hey, Otani's got a perfect game. Shh, keep it down. <laughs> no, every every home run, I think he feels so. Um, but you know, had a, had a great first week. Obviously, we'll see if he can keep it up. Most people I talk to, everybody says that he can't for a whole year, but 
so far, so good for the guy. Who knows? I mean, it reminds me a lot of Ichiro because you know Ichiro they came out of the spring and and you know Lou, you talk about getting irritated. Lou Padella got started getting mad when people would bring up, well, you said he was going to hit two seventy, and he, <laughs> everybody thought Ichiro was going to be a nice player. Nobody right. thought he was going to do what he did, be rookie of the year, MVP, all the all star, all this stuff. There was not a lot of thought of that back in two thousand when he first burst upon the scene, or, or two thousand one. And and this kind of reminds me of Otani, like, oh yeah, well he's going to cool down, you know, is he? Hey, have have they talked? And and maybe this is a roundabout way for you to bring up Otani to your boy Jerry. Have they <laughs> talked at all about the international money? I mean, my understanding was they've got to burn that by June, and that's going to put them under a whole new level of pressure because they got to go find somebody who's worthy of that amount of money, and 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 they want to hit on this because they want to be able to show something for all this effort. Yeah, all the trades they made to acquire all that. Uh international money in the slots you're exactly right um i don't think there's a two-way star out there like otani uh, we haven't heard anything like that obviously but they're they're heavy international um and then you're right they do lose lose the money uh by june so um you know you, you gotta you know they're scouring um the earth to find the next otani the next someone that's going to help this club so um, pressure to use that money and get somebody. I think they're definitely feeling that, and my guess is they'll sign you know one or two players and hope that you know they pan out, actually reach reach the majors because most don't, as we all know. Right. It's like the worst thing that could have possibly happened. I mean, and you don't you can't criticize Depoto and the Mariners you know for going after no, the guy as hard not. as they did. They they made their best pitch. It was a great pitch. It would have been a great fit here in Seattle. He would have been a superstar. He would have show, you know, he would have shared no limelight. Maybe that's what he wanted ultimately by going to the Angels because the biggest attraction there is obviously Mike Trout. He would have been the biggest attraction here. I I know Cano's here and Cruz is here as well. But it's mm-hmm. got to be hard for Jerry and those guys, man, when they see what he's been able to do in this first few weeks of the season to just be like, man, I mean, because they gave up a lot for this guy. They gave up a lot to try and acquire him. You look at the not just, you know, uh, getting money in the trades that mm-hmm. they that they made, but, you know, the number one, Nick Nider, the number one pitching mm-hmm. prospect to Miami for D. Gordon and money. Vieira. Uh, Vieira, who, you know, throws 100, the White Sox money. But you're right, they, they kind of position everything all in. You know, they had Edgar fly down. Everybody kind of talked to him, did this presentation. It was great. They felt great. And then they were just... Everybody was just, you know, blindsided. Nobody saw the Angels. And nobody really knows why still Otani picked the Angels. Uh, there's a thought of, you're right, he plays with Trout maybe a little bit under his shadow. There's been no Japanese stars, really, mm-hmm. with the Angels. So he's the first one there. Maybe he doesn't want to follow Ichiro here in Seattle. But nobody really knows. But I think what Jerry and the guys are, are saying, they're upset that they don't have him, obviously. They wanted him badly. But they're also kind of validated by saying, see, we told you this guy was a once-in-a-lifetime right. player. He can right. do both in the big leagues. And so far he has. And these guys were dead on because every scout I talked to with the Mariners, everybody in their organization said this is the best player that they have seen. He can do both at an elite level, and he's going to be able to do it both, and he's the best they've ever scouted. So game two so, of the – I'm sorry, go ahead. No, so so far they're right. So far they're right pretty, is right. It's pretty special. Uh, game we'll two see. of the series tonight, and I maybe I misunderstood something you said earlier. Felix is chucking tonight, right? Correct. Yeah, okay. Yeah. I, I, I misunderstood something you said. So, so, so then now, now again, you, you know, this to me has been one of the big stories of the first eight to ten games of the season, if there are big stories, which is we're trying to see some pitchers string some stuff together. And we saw Felix on opening night, and then a disaster. We saw we saw Gonzo look good in his first time through. Really, Sparky is the only guy who's who's actually thrown two pretty decent starts, right? I mean, Paxton, I guess, a little, yeah. little bit, but 
so so now Felix now third time through and again we're we're looking at him to get something going that resembles what we you know what we know and love about him. What's what's his mood like? How how he how he come out of that San Francisco game? Felix always is good. He's always a confident guy. I mean, he didn't like the way he pitched, obviously, but had no command and had no control over the ball. Give us eight runs, and I doubt he'll do that tonight. But with Felix, I don't think you're still going to know what you're going to get yet because only had those two starts in spring. He only he didn't have the normal spring progression as he normally does that got him ready for the season. He's still trying to find – um, his not just mechanics but location. This is still kind of like spring training uh, workload for him. So I don't think he's 100% what he's going to be. So they're still trying to gear him up and get him uh, where he can go seven innings, where he can go eight innings and go 110 pitches. He's not quite there yet, but he will get there. So I think they're they're just kind of watching that and just hoping that he just kind of builds – off each start and and he's a good bounce back pitcher you know and his ego gets bruised a little bit giving up those eight runs mm-hmm. against the giants i think he'll bounce back and shut down the royals because remember these royals had the lowest scoring offense in all the baseball before they put up 10 runs last night <laughs> don't remind people on the broadcast of no. that tonight all right we Sorry. bury that one let's go back to infield <laughs> drills with angie and, and modder from like last sunday let's just play that all right. Quickly before he gets sent down. Quickly, yes, yeah. our modern stuff. Yeah, get that in there. All right, uh, pregame starts at what time tonight? Let's see. Your guys come. We're uh, see your time four thirty. Four thirty. Four thirty, and we'll be talking with uh, Mitch Haniger, also Mr. Vogelback. Nice. Vogelback uh, making uh, the most uh, the little opportunity here. I love Vogel. He's my favorite player for so many reasons. Did you notice the gold about. spikes? The gold spikes last night. I did not. He was wearing, I guess, I did not either, but apparently he was was told that he was wearing gold spikes. Look for those. It's so hard to see him because he's moving so fast on the bases. You can't really see <laughs> there at the bottom of the seat. And, and don't take offense, but it was kind of tough to pay attention to the game after the first oh. inning. It was, And it had nothing to do with the fine gotcha. route for a, a telecast. It was just more like, oh, boy, this is not fun. I understand. Okay, good. I understand. So you, don't right take it personal. With you, gas. Yeah, no, I, thought, I right bet you're anxious you. to get home. This really has been... And I and I can't stand it when anybody in the media complains about how tough their job is because we're all playing in the toy department. That being said, true, this has got to rank right at the top of your list of the worst. Even with the booze-fueled axe-throwing, this has to be right at the top of the list of trips you wish you had never signed up for. Yeah, this was right behind the one in Cleveland where all three of the games got snowed out. Oh, that's been a while ago, we're... too, yeah. What do you yeah. do in Kansas yeah. City? They have like a knife-throwing, beer-drinking place you guys are going to hit up, or what's the deal? You know, we haven't seen a knife. We just eat a lot of barbecue. Oh, I've not okay. seen any knife-throwing. Yeah, it's just it, pretty tame. I think we, we said to ourselves, hey, we, we got lucky the one time. Let's not push our luck. <laughs> you know, we threw axes and drank beer, and everybody came out with all their fingers. Yeah. So let's just not push it here. What's the next trip, though? All, all I know is when Hey Goldie ends up with laryngitis tonight, people are going to start wondering about how come Brad Adam is around all these guys that are getting How many guys does he have to push out of the way before they finally say, Brad, you need to do the play-by-play tonight? Oh. And systematically, he is moving his way up the ranks. I got, I got one more to go, guys. Two games to do it. Right. Get it done. All right, buddy. Enjoy it. We'll talk, we'll talk to you next week. All right, sounds good. Thanks, guys. There he is, uh, Brad Adam. Follow him on Twitter, real at real Brad Adam. Our thanks to a uh, John Howie Steak for making that possible every single week. Uh, we get to talk to Brad at eleven o'clock. In case you missed the fantastic Brad Adam show, after the show, you can go back and listen to it one more time. The iHeartRadio app.
on demand right there. We podcast every single one of the interviews and the fantastic of three hours of radio that we do around here. And also, coming up at 1230, we'll give away a $50 gift card to John Howie Steak. We'll ask you a question, something that Brad said during that interview. If you have the correct answer, you can win $50 to John Howie Steak coming up at 1230. All right, the Spurs. They did something last night that's an incredible feat in sports. Last time they uh, they didn't do this was 1996. What happened in 1996? Back to the future. We'll revisit 96 now. Now back to Puck and the Gas Man on your home for Seattle's best NFL draft coverage. Sports Radio 950, KJR. Just opened up uh, the handy-dandy email. Puck and Gas back with you from the Carter Volkswagen studio. Press conference coming up tomorrow. The Seattle Hockey Partners are scheduled to introduce a new team president. David Bonham and Jerry Bruckheimer scheduled to announce uh, the new, uh, the first-ever president of the yet-to-be-named hockey team. It's going to take place at 10 o'clock. No, excuse me, 10.30 to 11 o'clock at the Glass House at Chihuly Garden in Glass. It's going to be, uh, it doesn't everybody think it's going to be Todd Lywicki, right? Well, I It's kind of the rumor, the rumble think that it would be it. Todd Lywicki. He just left the NFL. So the fighting puck stuffers are going to hire, <laughs> that's a hell of a name, right? I what we call them the puck stuffers? I did see someone the other day have the design for a uniform. They went with the Metropolitans and the green. It was a, it was actually pretty damn good. It looked nice. Yeah, I would roll with that. The only thing about the Metropolitans is it. I mean, it, yeah. it it is a nod to history, but it's like not a word that's ever used around here. It's a, well, then it's, the shorts metros, and do we really want to be known as Mets. the Mets? The, well, the they're Met- going to be the Mets. Yeah, but I don't want that because there's a baseball. Game. I agree. That's why I, emeralds. I like emeralds. We liked. I like totems, but then if it's short, it's going to be totes, and I don't want the totes. Can I tell you what I always thought would be a cool hockey name? It's too yeah. long, so it probably wouldn't work. You could call them the L's. Uh, but and and it plays to some of the history around here. What do we have around? Here? We have a lot, lot of lighthouses, right? What about the lamplighters? Because you light a big red light whenever they score. The Seattle lamplighters, and you and you're you're it's a it's a guy you know climbing up in a storm up into a. Puck, oh, do you have the crickets drop there on on your screen? Oh, I see. You guys have got great ideas. Ooh, we let's, let's name them the Kraken. The lamplighters. There's a bar in Greenwood named the Lamplighters. So, so we can't name the hockey team no, after a bar in Greenwood. I, 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 I prefer the Kraken over the Lamplighters. Really? <laughs> there is no way. Hey, singular nicknames are dumb. Anything other? It, if it's the Kraken, I will lose my mind if yeah. they go with the Kraken. Lamplighters. Ah, Everything I've thrown out there, Puck, that you you've really liked. So. Let me just throw it to you to guess. Okay. Cascades? Yeah. I don't I don't hate it. I don't hate it. Steelheads? I, I don't, I'm not going to crap all over it the way you crapped all over Lamplighters. <laughs> that was a bad take. Lamplighters, is, it's, a, it's a fine take with a lighthouse and the whole thing. Okay. Hey, get somebody in here who knows what the hell's right, going on. Cascades, Steelheads? We like Steelheads. Uh, I yeah. like Steelheads okay. There was a baseball team. One, one the the Pacific... Oh, maybe. There, there was, I, I believe, the, there, there, there was a, a, a mm-hmm. Negro League team based in Seattle okay. for like four months called the Steelheads, I okay. think. The I Chinooks do, I like okay. I Chinooks do like awesome. the Pilots, too. I know it was a baseball team, too, but yeah. I, mean, I kind of like that one as well. Yeah. Just not the Kraken. I like no, Emeralds. I, I do Emeralds like the up. Seattle Emeralds, it's I think. Yeah. That's a good one, too. Yeah. I yeah. like puck stuffers. The puck stuffers, I don't think, is what Todd. <laughs> like I like the logo. I like the logo of a puck. Yeah, bam! You're stuffing the puck there. Yeah, I'm sure. yeah. So uh, they're going to announce a, a team president, 
Uh, tomorrow, David Bonham and Jerry Bruckheim, I would assume we'll be all over this. I don't know if we're going to, I would assume we carry this thing live. It starts at 1030. Oh, we're carrying uh, oh, it live. Oh, this is right during our show. We're this carrying show. it live and yeah. we're carrying it. We're, we'll do extended coverage live. We'll have <laughs> interviews with people there. Yeah, it's going to be a big yeah, live thing. Right, right, uh, right during the show. So 1030 tomorrow. Uh, Bonderman, David Bonham and Jerry Bruckheimer will announce a new team president. Everyone. Yeah, I think it's the worst kept secret in town that it's Todd Lightwicky. Yeah. So, but the good. Listen, Todd Lightwicky, everything he's kind of touched no, it, it, in it's, this city yeah. has kind of worked out. It's a, it's a great hire, and yeah. this will give them, if it's this, if this is a move they, they make, and this is important in this city. It's important in every city, but I think it's more important here. It gives them a face of the franchise who is considered a Seattle guy, even though Todd isn't a Seattle guy, but because he was here for a decade with the, yeah. the Seahawks, because he was involved in, in so much good stuff there, it gives the face of the franchise, whereas the, the two owners are you know, as not Seattle guys as you could be, which doesn't mean they're not going to have success. Right, no. But I think fans here want a local angle on And I think the fans will recognize, they'll obviously will recognize his face. Mm -hmm. They'll see him immediately. They will know, oh, that's the guy that, yeah, he worked with the Seahawks. Oh, it was him that pushed out Mora and brought in Carroll. Yeah. Yeah. How did that work out? Too much consternation for many, many people. Sure. I mean, I, I think, I remember at the time saying, I didn't like the way it was handled. Yeah. You know, I, I think a guy, the way it was, it was handled. clumsy. Yeah. I mean, you're interviewing him while Jim Moore, and you can have your, your thoughts and your opinions on Jim Moore all you want. And then I, I get it. But as he's doing his end of year press conference and you're interviewing the next head coach, I mean, I think, or basically working on an agreement with him, mm-hmm. that's a tough one. And then, but listen, it worked. Sometimes you got to make those tough calls. Right, right, and and that that's exactly right. And and they they felt I think and, and with some reason that, that Mora, you know, that season ended pretty disastrously. Well, it all started from the get go. The 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 idiotic coaching waiting that Ruskell did. Right, right. With Mora and home, and that just and that never works out. And, and then and, of course the success with the Sounders. Mm-hmm, right. And he was very involved in that. Uh, he he worked for the Canucks during some successful years. He worked for the Warriors years ago during some, everything he's been involved. He you know the Lightning. He had a great run in Tampa right. Bay uh, with them hockey. He is a St. Louis guy. Grew up outside St. Louis. He's been a hockey guy his whole life. It's his first love. It makes sense for him to come back here and he, be a part he of this. Spearheaded to make the catch rule more confusing in the NFL. He did. Yeah, he was involved in that. <laughs> He, he, was, he, was, he actually didn't do that. Yeah, it, it, I'm 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 anxious to, to see if I can uh, you know see what we can. Uh, well, get him on. You wrote it. You like wrote I, a book I, with I, him. I know. And then he got to the NFL, and it's almost like the background check on me, and they cut off all communication. <laughs> right? Wiki has been he's gone completely underground with me for like a couple of years now. Besides him being pretty remarkable and successful at mm-hmm. at what he does in sports, here here's why I think this is the the best move for this group to get him on board. He's a better more sellable face of your franchise than Tim Laiwicki, his brother. I agree with Tim that. Tim Laiwicki yeah. is just, again, he he it was an interesting um, introduction to the relationship of the Seattle sports fans that he had. Mm-hmm. And, and I'll speak for myself. I won't speak for anyone else. He came across as arrogant and brash and, and tried to trash Chris Hansen's group almost at every opportunity that he ever had in the media. Mm-hmm. And then he softened that stance, which was good. But people don't like him, mm-hmm. and I, you know, they just don't. There's a lot of people in this town that just don't care for him. People, I think, like Todd Lightwicky. Yeah, like him a lot. I know. I mean, I certainly do. I, I mean, I know what he's been able to. I think it's great to kind of, if when they transition to him, be the face 
and kind of lead everything. That's a great move. He he also uh, answered uh, a, a phone call from me once with one of the funniest opening lines I ever heard, and it was in the middle of the Mora Carroll fiasco, and he's right in the middle of all this. And I'm sitting outside a Mexican restaurant uh, up on Whidbey Island on just a rainy, dark, cold night, and I'm like, I'm going to try him. It's an odd time of night. I'm going to try him and see him. I, I punch in, and I hear somebody answer the phone, and there's a long, an uncomfortable long pause. And then I get a, what the F do you want? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that is perfect. Because he was under the gun a little bit during that. But I I, I agree with you. The people in this town, anybody who worked with him, they've got got good memories of him. He's had great success here with kind of, you know, people forget. He's going to be a home run president here. I mean, no, listen, it could fail and it couldn't work. But my initial response would be, if he indeed announces team president tomorrow, which it likely will happen, uh, this is a great, great first hire by this organization. People forget that the Seahawks and, and the 12 since 12 crowd refuses to believe this. When the Seahawks moved into what was, I think, Quest Field. Uh, yeah. I think, was it, was it, was it? It was a Seahawks stadium first and they finally got it to Quest. But seven what? of the first nine games weren't sold out. I mean, it's a dramatic number of games that sure. were not televised because they weren't sold out. I mean, the Seahawks were, they were, the, the furthest thing from a sure thing in 2002, and and Paul Allen brought Lywicki in, and it's not just Todd, but he got things going on this, and then, you know, the home, and part of it was home. Hey, you got to get the football side going, dude, and he did. Yeah. It was his fourth year finally, and they get it going there. Re- but, but you know, they they were not a sure thing when Todd got here. And and they were a sure thing when he left. Right now, it'd be it's hard to imagine them. I mean, if they look, if they roll out a couple of bad years, you'll be back to that. But for now, it's been an unbelievable success story, and it was authored at least in part by him. So bringing him back, and, and then in the middle of it all, from the first, you, you know, from going back to the stadium election where they told soccer fans, if you'll vote for this stadium, we'll get you an MLS team, and then they ignored him for a long stretch of time, and Todd was the guy who kind of brought that back around and said, we need to get this done the right way. They got the soccer team going. The soccer team's been second to none in terms of success. The things he's been involved with in his life are generally successful, and if he's the guy they introduce tomorrow, my bet would would be on the Lamplighters being one of the great launches ever in uh, in, in NHL history. Belt you later. How did you like that segment on the Spurs? Uh, yeah, it was, it was awesome, <laughs> especially, since, especially since I came up no, with it this No, you did. Yeah. We're going to do it next. The Spurs uh. did something last night that uh, you have to go all the way back to 1996 was the last time they didn't do this. We'll look in the past. I promise we'll do it next. Now back to Puck and the Gas Man on your home for Seattle's best NFL draft coverage. Sports Radio 950, KJR. You remember this song, don't you, Gas? You love this song, the old Macarena. Can I tell you the first person who I ever saw do the Macarena in person? Uh, let me guess. Uh, let me guess. Let me guess. Fabulous Sports Bay. No. Uh, she was standing on a picnic table in the back Woodward. of Jalisco's during during the it might have been the very first ever rally in the alley because she was the host because everybody knows that the rally in the alley eventually Graz became the mayor of that of course but we had other people hosting it first and it was C J Silas C. do you remember C J yeah sure C J I remember said what are you doing she goes it's the Macarena I go what what is the you know, I'm always way behind the curve on anything popular uh, it's part of my charm yeah. Uh, but no, it's a, whenever I hear this song, I think of her. CJ Sons. All right, this was, uh, you're wondering why you're playing this. So the Spurs last night clinched another playoff appearance. It's 21 consecutive playoff appearances 
for the San Antonio Spurs. It's unbelievable. The next closest professional franchise are the Pittsburgh Penguins, and they have 12. So the Spurs have been 21 straight years. They've been in the postseason. Last time they didn't make it, 1996. The number one top-grossing song of 1996, according to Billboard, was Macarena. You love and, music. This is right on your playlist back yeah, in 96. This is a catchy old pop tune, uh, no doubt about it. It's a, but you know what's interesting is that, that it's one thing to have made it all those years. How many championships? Have they won five along the way? Five, yeah. Five, five six? Five. So in other words, it's not like they've just, oh, good, you've oh. made the playoffs. They've gone out, They've and everybody knows this. I mean, they've been, and, and I, I'll never forget. Most consistent sports professional franchise Yeah, in 20 I, years. I was so unimpressed when they hired, when, when oh, Greg yeah, Popovich sure. basically hired himself. Yeah, he we did, yeah. He, he waited, he, David, David Robinson was hurt. They tanked it. They didn't bring him back. They tanked it so they could get Duncan, and, number and one. Bob Hill was the coach. Yep. And then, and then about the time everybody gets healthy, Pop fires Hill, names himself coach. I remember thinking, boy, this guy isn't going to last. That's a and boil, but you could talk about a hot take that was wrong. Yeah. Uh, also in 1996, the uh, uh, the star of Hollywood, Mel Gibson, ever, uh, the most popular person in Hollywood, had the film of the year. You've come to fight as three men. <laughs> three men, you are. What will you do without freedom? What will you do, Gas? <laughs> will you fight? So that was the uh, Oscar Best Picture back in 1996, Braveheart, Mel Gibson. And then he made a movie, and then it kind of went, uh, he alienated Hollywood. But, uh, you know, he's slowly but surely kind of coming back. That was the, that one Best Picture. I looked at the, there wasn't a lot of great movies that year. Postman. Do you remember Postman with Kevin Costner? Post-apocalyptic story in which he's delivering mail. I'm sorry, post-what? Apocalyptic. There you go. There we go. Uh, he was, that was up for best picture. That was a so, terrible movie. Yeah. So 96. So the movies yeah. in 96. Top grossing film though of 96 was. The 4th of July will no longer be known as an American holiday. <laughs> but as the day when the world declared in one voice, we will not go quietly into the night. You don't remember that fantastic that, speech from Independence, Independence Day? Independence Day? How about yeah, that? Kind huh? of. I'm not a big movie guy in no, terms of remembering not. them and stuff. Yeah, yeah but that, anyway, so the point being, a lot of things have happened since the Spurs last failed to make the play. Now you remember, we'll all remember what happened in the NBA Finals that year in 1996. Sure. Final And like Ichiro could hit a home run every time he wanted to because he did it in batting practice, if Nate was healthy, Sonics would have won. If Nate was healthy, it would have been a better series. I know. It would have been a much better series. if They weren't beating that team. It would have been a much better series if Bukowski hadn't gotten the technical foul call on him late in Game 2. I mean, there's a lot of things you can what if about this. You know what I remember about Game 6 more than more than anything, really? Uh, because the Bulls were kind of in control most of the way, and it was it was uh, that was there. And and they uh, my my press pass got me to to get to my press seat. I got in the elevator and went to the ninth floor of the United Center. That's how high up I was in like the third row of the auxiliary hockey press box. And I'm like I'm not sitting up there. So I start talking to some people, some of the people in the Sonics traveling party, and somebody had an extra ticket. And I said, oh, I'll, I'll buy it for now. It's here. So somebody gives me, it's a single, and it's in the lower bowl. So I'm like, all right, good. This is, I'd, I'd like to have a good seat for this game. So I'm sitting there, and there's a seat next to me that's open. I'm like, well, this is the greatest night ever. I'm not going to. Well, about two minutes to tip off. 
here comes this guy, and I mean, he looks like he had just fallen off a truck. Just just a rube. And he's like, excuse me, excuse me. And he sits oh. down, and he looks at and he's just beaming. He's just beaming. And and I'm, he says, hey, how are you? And I, I'm, I go, fine. And I, I, and so I, we introduce ourselves, and, and he asked me where I'm from. I said, I'm from Seattle. And he says, so where are you from? And he's from some little backwater burg in northern Wisconsin. <laughs> and he had gotten up that morning and decided, I am driving to Chicago oh. to see the and to see the Bulls win Game Six and win the World Championship, and I'm like, you got to be kidding! I said, and he found a ticket for I, I it was it was you know probably 150 dollars, but it was it looked like you know this guy was going right to the max, to, but he couldn't believe you know I, I don't know if it was his first game ever, but he he's sitting there he can't believe his and these are great seats we're like 25 rows up, and he's just smiling and he's so happy and then. Here comes a guy, and again, in some cities in the world, they sell hard liquor in the sports events. They don't make you go stand in a pen. <laughs> yeah. They, they, you know, the the the, the Washington way. Have ninety eight beers, but not one gin and tonic. That'll turn you crazy. So here comes a guy up the the aisle, and he's got a huge tank on the back of his of his of his you know, on his back, and he's got my ties. You in know, that stadium? In the stadium, sure, in the stadium, because That's in a lot God of places they, they give people drinks during games. Well, Mai Tai's kind of thing is like an odd drink to have in an arena. It's June, and it's warm, right, and it's, it's summertime. I'll associate Mai Tai's in Chicago. So the so the guy elbows me, he goes, you know what a Mai Tai is? And I go, yeah, yeah. And he goes, <laughs> well, what is it? And I'm like, you don't know what a Mai Tai is? He goes, no. And I said, you are having your first Mai Tai right go. now, and I'm buying. So I bought that. We bought a couple of Mai Tai's. And he, I, I, you know, I wish I, you know, I didn't. And then we watched the game, and yeah. he, but it was kind of a neat story to think okay. what fans will do. Yeah. Here I'm bitching because I got to sit up on the ninth floor, and I'm like, come on, I want a better team. And this guy getting his car on blind faith alone. Yeah. this was pre StubHub days. He's yeah. Like I'm gonna have to find a ticket outside and drove all the way to get there. All right, 1996, the last time the Spurs did not make the playoffs. Dolly the sheep becomes the first mammal to be cloned. 1996. I remember I like that. that. Yeah. I. You know when? You know when the iPhone was released? Think about this. We are 11 years. 1996. 11 years away from the iPhone being released. Really? Yeah. 2007. You are eight years away from Facebook. Hmm. When that little the punk stole the idea from the twins, right? Uh, who now is up testifying at Capitol Hill? So 2004 uh, was that. How about this? This will be near and dear to your heart. You know what else happened in 1996? A lot of things. The debut of your soccer league, the MLS. Well, that's right, MLS. The started. San Jose yeah. Clash yeah. faced the DC United. Oh, yeah. 1990. No, don't say. Oh yeah, like you remember? You were like four. I was four. Yeah. <laughs> should, <laughs> I actually should, was. should you tell him or should I? It's DC United. You don't put a V in front. I did. Of it. I said DC United. You did. He, he got that right. I said DC he United. Said the DC United. No, oh, did I he? did not. I said I said San Jose Clash oh, versus DC United. The tape. I'll, have to, I'll have to go back to listen. Go to the back other. to the tape. Uh, <laughs> then the uh, the Colorado Avalanche. They uh, they won the Stanley Cup Finals, and then uh, my wife to be was in high school, and she got drunk at the parade. Is that is that where you met her? No, that's not, I didn't meet her. She was sixteen. <laughs> she was drunk at the parade I'm in downtown Denver up. for the Colorado Avalanche yeah. as they celebrated the Stanley Cup uh, championship. All right, coming up, uh, the lunch with listeners. We're going to ask you the question: Ichiro Heredia. They got to make a decision with Ben Gamble coming uh, back this weekend. Also, we'll chat with new Seahawks tight end Ed Dixon.